You're listening to A Sure Hope with Pastor Dave Shank of Calvary Chapel, Cape May in Cape May, New Jersey. Join us as Pastor Dave teaches verse by verse through God's Word. Some of you are thinking, why am I having such a hard time in life? Are you spending time in God's Word? Are you allowing God to feed you? Are you allowing God to, to give you? Or are you gleaning other things? I'm not saying everything we glean is bad. I'm not saying TV is bad, although most of it is garbage. I'm not saying that other things are bad. I'm not saying those things are bad. I'm just saying if that's all you do... If that's all you do, then there might be a problem. Have you spent your time today playing games, watching TV, or just being busy? Somewhere during your busy day, were you able to spend time in God's Word? As you'll learn from Pastor Dave today, you need to fill your extra time studying God's Word, not with all those other distractions. Now, here's Pastor Dave in the book of Ruth chapter 2, as he continues his message, A Piece of God's Grace. to Jesus. Why? He is the author and finisher of our faith. Who for the joy set before him. What was his joy? You. Me. Pleasing the Father. Doing exactly what he was told to do. Endured the cross. And despising all shame. The cross was a shameful place to go. The cross was a place of shame. It was a place of degradation. It was a, what they used for capital punishment but he accomplished everything he needed to do on that cross. He accomplished everything. Now he sits at the right hand of the throne of God. Boaz encouraged Ruth as if she was a new convert to the God of Israel. And in many ways, Ruth stands as an example of a new convert. She stands as an example of a new convert because she put her trust in the God of Israel. Your God will be my God. She left her former associates. She left her mother, her father, and she left. She had come out from among the strangers. And she was very low in her own eyes. Her self-esteem was at rock bottom. But she found protection under the wings of God. Boaz stressed the Lord God. She said, the Lord God of Israel place you under his wings so that you will become. Now, there's many, many psalms that talk about this. Many, many psalms that talk about his wings are protecting us. His wings are our protection. Jesus himself, when he cried over Jerusalem in Luke 13, in Luke 13, 34, he cries out, O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the one who kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to her. How often I wanted to gather your children together as a hen gathers her brood under her wings, but you were not willing. The picture of a hen gathering under the wings for protection. Boaz says, stay under the wings of the Lord. Stay under the wings of the Lord. The beautiful Psalm 91, in verse 4 of Psalm 91, the same picture is given to us. 
He shall cover you with his feathers, and under his wings you shall take refuge. I love that. I just love that. He's going to cover me with his wings, and under his wings I take refuge. But here, she, he is encouraging her. He is encouraging her. He is encouraging her like we do a new, new Christian. Older Christians should be like Boaz to younger Christians who are like Ruth. We should encourage them. We should help them along. We should disciple them. We should move them closer to God. And we should talk to them and, and help them along. In verses um, 14 through 16, Now Boaz said to her at mealtime, Come here and eat the, of the bread and dip your piece of bread in the vinegar. So she sat beside the reapers and passed parched grain to her, and she ate and was satisfied and kept some back. And when she rose up to glean, Boaz commanded his young men, saying, Let her glean even among the sheaves and do not reproach her. Also, let grain from the bundles fall purposely for her. Leave it that she may glean. Do not rebuke her. Once again, we see this beautiful, beautiful picture of God's grace. Ruth didn't know when she was picking this up that the reapers were told to leave some behind. Show love to her. Leave some behind. But she took Boaz at his words and she found her needs were met. The master became like the servant to show his love. In that beautiful, beautiful scripture of Philippians 2, verses 1 through 11, where it talks about Jesus, who didn't consider it robbery to be equal with God, but came in all humility as a man. Christ coming to earth as a servant so he might save us and make us part of his family. He shared his riches with us undeserving foreigners and gave us an inheritance. You see Boaz doing the same thing with this young lady. He's sharing with her God's love. All this happened to Ruth because she said one thing, your God will be my God. It's almost like that was her profession of faith. It's almost like that was her profession of faith. Your God will be my God. And all of God's promises then became hers. All of God's promises, just like when we accept Jesus Christ into our life. All God's promises become ours. They're all there for us to glean from. Read verse 14 with me. Come here and eat of the bread and dip your piece of bread into the vinegar. Now the vinegar probably was wine. Tell me you're not getting a picture of communion here. Getting a picture of communion here. I, I, I did. I'm just throwing that out. Throwing that out. Ruth is living by faith, and she's depending upon God's grace. And God's grace now is going to give her great hope. God's grace is going to give Ruth great hope, and that's what God's grace does to us. It gives us great hope, hope of everlasting life, hope of fellowship with the Father, hope of all his promises, God's grace poured out upon us, his undeserved, unmerited favor poured out upon us. Boaz is pouring out this grace upon this woman who is undeserved. She didn't earn this. She's not even an Israeli. She's a foreigner. She's an alien of the hated country of Moab. She's a Gentile. In Jesus' day, the Pharisees, when they saw a Gentile coming, would cross the street and walk on the other side of the street as to not come in contact with the Gentile because the Gentiles were considered unclean. They despised the Gentiles. 
when it was God's plan all along that the Israelites were supposed to show God's love and God's grace to the Gentiles so they might be saved. Let's look at the rest of the chapter, beginning in verse 17. So she, Ruth, gleaned in the field until evening and beat out what she had gleaned, and it was enough about an ephah of barley. Then she took it up and went to the city, and her mother-in-law saw what she had gleaned. So she brought out and gave to her what she had kept back after she had been satisfied. And her mother-in-law said to her, Where have you gleaned today, and where did you work? Blessed be the one who took notice of you. So she told her mother-in-law with whom she had worked and said, The man's name with whom I work today is Boaz. Then Naomi said to her daughter-in-law, Blessed be he of the Lord, who has not forsaken his kindness to the living and the dead. And Naomi said to her, This man is a relation of ours, one of our close relatives. Ruth the Moabitess said, He also said to me, You shall stay close to my young men until they have finished all my harvest. And Naomi said to Ruth, her daughter-in-law, It is good, my daughter, that you go out with, this, with his young women and that your people do not meet you in any other field. So she stayed close by the young woman of Boaz to glean until the end of the barley harvest and wheat harvest, and she dwelt with her mother-in-law. Ruth now has a happy and hopeful heart. She did not have to worry about being harassed by gleaning the fields because those that gleaned the fields were looked down upon. Even though it was the law that they could be gleaned, they were looked down upon because they were poor. They were destitute. They had to come out and pick it up. And I'm sure they were treated roughly. And I'm sure that if they were young women, they were treated even more roughly by the men. But they went out and they gleaned it because most of the time the people who were gleaning were women. And she also could eat and drink when she was thirsty, when she was hungry. She could rest when she needed to. There were no things placed on her. That day she gleaned about a bushel, an ephah, which was enough for these ladies for about a week. And when she ate, you notice she kept some things back. She kept some things back like a doggy bag and took it to her mother-in-law. She wanted to help her mother-in-law. Ruth was a good steward of what God had given to her. She was not wasted anything. And this is what we're going to talk about on Sunday. We're going to talk about the heart of stewardship that we see in the Apostle Paul. It's no coincidence that we're mentioning it now. Ruth returns to Naomi, Naomi's house with the food and grain. Remember, bitter, Mara. Call me Mara. I'm bitter. Because the Lord had been so had dealt very cruelly with her. But she says, where have you gleaned today? What did you do? And whose, whose fields were you? Interesting she would ask that question. Where have you gleaned today? Let me ask you a question. Where have you gleaned today? Where have you, Christian, gleaned today? Did you spend your day playing games? Spend your day watching TV, movies, doing this, doing that, whatever. Where have you gleaned? What have you gleaned? Were you able to spend time in God's Word? Were you able to pray a little bit? Where have you gleaned today? Where have you gleaned today? What are you ingesting in your mind? We should be ingesting in our mind the Word of God. Ruth did work hard, and she gathered a lot that day. She gathered everything she could. Are we gathering everything we can on every single day? I confess to you, I'm not. I confess to you, I'm not. I wish I would gather more. I wish I would glean more from what God has for me, but I confess to you, I'm not. 
She picked things one at a time. She held on to what she had. And she took some home and she prepared it. She was nourished by it. Is this how you read the Word of God? Sometimes I like to read it little by little. You know me, I like to pick out verses and study them. Sometimes I just read it through in a blitz and it's like, what did I read? I read it through in a blitz. We need to take it a little bit at a time. We need to look at it and we need to be nourished from it. We need to be nourished for it because it's our manna. It's our daily bread. It's our manna from heaven and it strengthens us and it sustains us every single day. And some of you are thinking, why am I having such a hard time in life? Are you spending time in God's Word? Are you allowing God to feed you? Are you allowing God to, to give you? Or are you gleaning other things? And I'm not saying everything we glean is bad. I'm not saying TV is bad, although most of it is garbage. I'm not saying that other things are bad. I'm not saying those things are bad. I'm just saying if that's all you do, if that's all you do, then there might be a problem. You've heard the old saying, garbage in, garbage out. That's all I'm saying. I mean, I'm guilty here. You hear me? I'm guilty. But we need to take God's word and we need to nourish ourselves with it. We need to build us up. We need to, to munch on it. I love that, that example that I always used to like of the cow chewing its cud. You know, the cows eat and they eat and they eat and they eat and they eat and they're full. But they have two stomachs. And then every now and then they get a little hungry and they get one up there. They chew on it. That's how we should be with the Word of God. We should chew on it. We should devour it because it should nourish us. It should help us. It should help us. In these verses, our dear friend Naomi is moving from bitterness to blessedness. She's quickly becoming blessed because she's watching what God is doing in Naomi's, I mean, in Ruth's life. And she says, blessed be the one who took notice of you. Blessed be the one. And then, lo and behold, Naomi finds out it's Boaz. Boaz. Blessed be he of the Lord. Why? Because she says, Boaz is our Goel. They use that word for relative. Remember we had that the first day, Goel? Boaz is our Goel. He is our redeemer. He's a relative. He's our kinsman redeemer. Once again, Naomi's heart blossomed. Naomi's heart blossomed and she once again had a hope when she saw the grace of God pouring out over Ruth, pouring out over this poor girl, just washing over her and she saw the joy in Ruth's heart. All of a sudden, Naomi's heart blossomed once again. Now you can't tell me there have been times when you've been in a pickle. You may have even been pickled. There have been a times when you've been in pro had problems. There have been times when you felt like you were downtrodden and you didn't know where you turned. And all of a sudden, you saw somebody's faith who was blossoming. And they were just so excited over the faith that that didn't do something in your heart. That that didn't make you go, whoa, wow, you know, wow. This is what happened is Naomi Hart. Old bitterness is now becoming blessedness. She's made the turn. She's turning back to God, and she's beginning to see God. He's never left her. He's not going to forsake her. And look what he's doing to this poor young woman that has followed her all the way from Moab, some 50-some-odd miles. And, gang, 50 miles in those days was a long way. It's a long way. The most they probably traveled by day was 20 miles. I don't know, maybe even 10 or 15. I don't know. They walked everywhere they went. They had to come through all the mountains and stuff. It was a long way. Naomi's heart is bursting, and the hope was in a man. 
And that man was a kinsman redeemer. Once again, our hope is in a man. And his name is Jesus Christ. He happens to be the son of God, the one true living God. And he is our kinsman redeemer. He is our redeemer. Their hope was in Boaz. He would take them out of poverty and he would restore to them and give them a new beginning. That's not a picture of Jesus Christ. I don't know what it is. That's not a picture of what happened to our lives. He restored us, our relationship to God the Father, and he gave us a new beginning. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. Behold, all things are new. Behold, has passed away. Only Jesus, our kinsman redeemer, places that kind of hope in our hearts. And only he can give us that kind of joy. Only Jesus can restore our relationship to the family of God. And only Jesus can take us from poverty to riches. And only he can give us a new beginning. It's indeed that Ruth chose to stay close to him and his servants. And this is what we should do. We should stay close to Jesus and his servants. We should stay close to Jesus and in fellowship. We should not forsake the gathering of the brethren. We should come on Sundays, come on Wednesdays. We should come when when the church is open. We should always want to be with the brethren. We should stay close because sometimes this is where the hope is. We see the hope in someone else's heart. We stay close to Jesus. When we consider all that was accomplished on the cross, all that was accomplished for us, when we consider all the promises that we have in Jesus Christ, when we consider all he has said to us through his word, there's absolutely no reason for us to feel hopeless. There's absolutely no reason for us to be downcast. There's absolutely no reason for us to be in despair. We're told that we have everything for life and godliness in Jesus Christ. See, my hope, your hope, is not built on material things. Hope is built on the righteousness of Jesus Christ and his blood. Our hope is not built on obeying a law. Our hope is an inner sense of joy, an inner sense of joyful assurance and confidence as we trust in God for his promises and face every day with the help and guidance of the Holy Spirit. That's what gives us our hope, and that is the hope on which we stand. Naomi and Ruth's hope was centered on one person. His name was Boaz. And our hope is centered on one person. And his name is Jesus Christ. He is the son of the living God. He is our hope according to 1 Timothy 1.1, 1 Thessalonians 1.3, and Colossians 1.27. Christ in us, the hope of glory. And may I add a word? Christ in us, the only hope of glory. And through faith in him, Peter says, we have been born again into a living hope. A living hope. Our hope is alive because it grows every single day. Our hope is growing and growing. God uses grace in Ruth's life to change the attitude of Naomi. Naomi's bitterness was turned to gratitude. Her unbelief became faith and her despair became hope. This can happen when one person is trusting the Lord and obeying his will. Defeat comes victory as we trust in the Lord. One commentator I read said this, Grace is love that pays the price to help the undeserving one. 
Ruth's experience with the grace of God gave her a new hope and changed a bitter woman into a blessed woman. To figure out what's going to happen, how this whole thing works out, there's a lot of narrative that seems to be left out. We're not going to take time to do it because it's rather lengthy, but you might want to check out Leviticus 25, 47, and 55, which speaks of the law of the kinsman redeemer. You need to understand that as we go on. Many, many commentators say somewhere along the line, Naomi had probably explained this to Ruth, but it's not in the narrative. But there's something else involved. It's called a leverate marriage. And you can find that out in Deuteronomy 25, 5 to 10. And we need, you need to read those things so we can understand them as we move on now into chapter 3 and 4 to see the, the end of the story. Naomi cautions Ruth to stay close to the servants as they glean a field. And so Ruth did, and she was faithful to the end of the harvest. We must be faithful to the end of the harvest. Ladies and gentlemen, my brothers and sisters, the harvest is coming to a close. The age of grace is fast disappearing. We do not know the hour. We do not know the time nor the day when Jesus Christ will have the trumpet sound and we will be caught up to meet him in the air. But I agree that we need to be ever watchful. We need to be ever watchful, and it's even more time now to stay close to him than ever before. It is not the time to take a hiatus from serving God. It's not the time to take a hiatus from being a Christian. I'm tired of being a Christian. I'm just going to sit down for a while. No, that's not the time to do that. The time is never closer than it is right now. Never closer than it is right now. The Lord of the harvest will come soon. He will be coming for a bride, a chaste bride, a holy bride, a righteous bride. One that has been gathered for him by the Holy Spirit. One that has been prepared for him. And he will come and take his bride one of these days. If we want our redemption assured, now I'm, I believe that once saved, always saved, but if you want your redemption to be assured, you must be abiding in Christ. Because there is no assurance in anything else. You must be abiding in Christ. Because only in him are we secure. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. Upon the solid rock I stand because everything else is sinking sand. In fact, you can call it quicksand because it will suck you under in a heartbeat. It's not the time to be looking elsewhere. Just like Boaz was saying, stay close to my servants, stay close to me, stay in my field. We need to stay close to Jesus, we need to stay close to his saints, and we need to stay in his field. We need to stay in his field. Abide in Christ, for he will abide in you. You are assured. Thanks for tuning in for today's edition of Assure Hope. Pastor Dave Shank will continue this journey through the book of Ruth when you join us next time. But for now, you can listen to this teaching and others from this series online at assurehoperadio.com. You're welcome to share these messages with friends and family too. 
If you're looking for a church family and happen to be in the Cape May area, we'd love to have you join us for a time of worship and Bible study. Calvary Chapel Cape May meets weekly on Sundays at 10 a.m. Check out our website for more information and to get directions. Again, that's assurehoperadio.com. Or you can always call us for more information. Our number is 609-884-5821. If you're not able to join us in person, that's okay. We understand that right now you may be more comfortable avoiding crowds. We're streaming our services on Facebook Live each Sunday at 10 a.m. so you can worship with us virtually. Just follow the link you'll find at assurehoperadio.com to watch. And be sure to follow our page for the latest updates. How can we be praying for you during this study in the book of Ruth? please let us know by giving us a call at 609-884-5821. It's our pleasure to lift you up to the Lord. Thanks for listening to today's message and a sure hope. We pray you continue to be blessed as you study through the book of Ruth, and we hope you'll join Pastor Dave next time for another edition of A Sure Hope.